college football fans. Welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk about the national championship game. Last night, Michigan looked like they were going to run away with it. Credit to Washington for keeping that game close. Pretty deep in the game, actually. And then it kind of got ugly down the stretch. And the score pretty much was the, the score. Um, so we'll talk about it. Obviously, run game, defense, rough game for Penix, very inaccurate. Um, you know, overall, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk, you know, some of the, the main stuff that, that happened in the game. Um, and we'll kind of put a, you know, a bow on the season and we'll kind of look ahead minorly anyway. You know, Georgia has opened as the betting favorite. Uh, really doesn't surprise me there. Maybe we'll go over, you know, these uh, these playoff teams and what they got next. I got a couple – jotted a couple notes on uh, for some of the contenders next year type thing, but we're not going to go too deep. Obviously, next year it will be the 12-team playoff, so I'm definitely looking forward to that, as is my co-host Marshall. We'll get right to it. By the way, the college ball show, right? If you don't know, now you know. Football, college ball, but college ball can also be college ball, college basketball, right? So next Monday, we'll be going right directly into college basketball. Just tonight, we had two huge upsets uh, in, you know, Houston and Purdue go down tonight. So we'll, we'll definitely keep this train rolling, rolling with us, so, so, so hang with us. Um, if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope if you, you know, download the show directly there. Listen to it in the browser. You can find the Ropadope Radio, or I should say the College Ball Show, under the Ropadope Radio platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcast. You can download the podcast app, PodBay. Pod bean, pod tail, all sorts of stuff. Um, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegrillingshoot.com at Sports uh, News 24. One more thing with DirecTV Stream. Get the best in streaming TV. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Check out the Direct Streaming package that's right for you. Watch your holiday favorites on DirecTV Stream and save $50. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. We're doing a late-night show, so I'm not being as loud as I normally would be, but who knows? You know, I might get feisty later. We'll see. Um, how you doing, Marshall? Yeah, actually, the, the girlfriend is sleeping next door, so I'll try not to go on a Lane Kiffin S rant and scream. <laughs> I'm good, though, man. We had a good... Um, gutsy basketball win for my team tonight so the girls pulled out a 23-22 victory so I'm uh, in a good mood a little tired wish I could have a celebration drink but the podcast is is ready and we're, we're wrapping up what was a very uh fun year uh Chris have you printed off our magical 12 t-shirts yet for the the name I adopted with the playoffs next year is that been uh, yet or is it, it hasn't caught on yet they're yeah. in press yeah they're they're, oh. they're in manufacturing right now so right. Yeah, we, we got them coming but you know these i might be the only time. person in the country but the, the magical 12 next year is going to be fun boys i can't wait magical things take a little while so just, you know, that's, a little time. that's 
that's true. Um, good stuff. Uh, hey, you know, like the the last thought that went in my head when when um, we were getting ready to set the show was, and obviously you you never love the moral victories as a fan base, but for if at the start of the year. If you were to tell Washington, hey, you're going to finish in second and play a pretty respectable game, like, you know, that kind of really was your MO all year, Chris. Like, you know, at the start of the year, you're flashy, then a couple players get hurt, your quarterback kind of gets hurt, and you, you got, you got, MF, you got, uh, game day to come on your campus, like people thought Oregon would beat you, then you, you know, make the Pac-12 title game, think Oregon will beat you. Then, you know, then you, oh, you're underdog in Texas. Like, it, they were just to, I know obviously we're going to get to Michigan, but like for their season, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it you, is you, pretty wild to start you, with Washington, but okay. But I, 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 I don't know. But, it, oh, Michigan, it was, it, well, yeah. But and for Washington, like, you, you had yourself a nice year, and it, it kind of, it finally caught up to you. Like, this was, you know, the quarterback was dinged up a little bit again. It was just kind of like, that, that really just kind of summarized, like, Hey, y'all, y'all deserve, that's a hell of a good silver medal. Like, it just, it, it, it was another typical game and they came a little short. Now, to congratulate the team that did win the national championship. He, he, they, he wasn't dinged up right away though. No, no, he dinged up later Let's in the game. Let's not blame yeah. the ding. He was oh. dinged up throughout the season. Let's not bring the dinging on, uh, you know, his poor No, play. he, he looks like he, no, he played poor. He, that was Texas probably worst game of the year. I, he did look like he was aching a bit in the fourth quarter, but that doesn't excuse some throws were made. Um, but to flip it and talk about the team that won the gold medal, uh, that goes to Michigan, and that was a, a well-deserved gold medal. Um, you had a year of – well, time, it was a different type of year. We had a year of scrutiny where your head coach missed your first uh, four games of the year, then missed some games at the end of the year. Um, you, had an, you had an assistant coach coaching against Ohio State, which led to a victory. And as you and I know, who have played sports and watched sports our whole lives, like when a head coach is out, a team takes a different DNA. So Penn State off, as well, the last three games. Yeah, so hats off to the Michigan coaching staff, aside from the cheater who was filming. But dude, the dude that stepped in, it was the coaching for Harbaugh when he was out, and they showed him up quite a bit on camera last night. Hey, credit to him, because – Again, when the head coach is not inside the room, everything just kind of falls differently, and players react differently. And, like, it's almost just kind of – I'm not saying, like, they don't care, they don't try, and obviously the assistants do too, but teams can go through different waves. And they fought through the whole year. I'm not going to call them America's – players too because they didn't get distracted. Yeah, and I can call, like, America's team because obviously the coaches made some mistakes, so it was, like, some, like, hoorah-rah incredible story. But Neither is Dallas America's team either. Oh God, I'm, I'm I'm already nervous about the Packers. But anyways, so but hey, you, you you pulled it out. You, you got the wins you needed. Um, you 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 you're able to gut it out against Bama and OT. And this game, Chris. Hey, first quarter. If you're a Michigan fan, you might have been popping the champagne bottle. That was that was a very much shades the last year of Georgia TCU. It had the it had the looks of hey, this is the bigger, more physical, powerful team, and. The way they ran the ball, like literally down their throats or gashed them, I, I was like we talked about for the show, Chris. I really thought that this game could have been a repeat of last year's score with the way it started. Michigan came out hot. They owned the line of scrimmage. We talked about on last week's show how Washington's defensive line against the rush has been an issue all year. Michigan came out blazing, and they they had a great start to the game. Yeah, I mean. 
to be up, you know, 17 to three like that. And, you know, first bad pass Penix should have been a touchdown. Dude had the, the, the positioning. He just missed it straight up. Um, 13 points on 13 possessions. We talked about how, you know, Washington's not, considering how, you know, high scoring they can be and how explosive they are, uh, especially through the pass game, but they can, you know, rush the ball pretty well. And they did in the second half a lot, uh, second half of the season. And, you know, they don't, they don't like, they, they, they still don't, they burn the clock too, just like Michigan actually. So they don't, they're not in a rush. Uh, so it was about limiting possessions, but they really didn't even limit them that all that much, really. Um, they put, they got pressure on them. Um, and they got pressure with mostly for a long time. The D line created that pressure. Um, after a while, you saw some uh, cornerback blitzes that were finding homes and linebackers, maybe a safety coming up, but they mostly had those safeties, you know, deep to, to prevent those plays. And when you look at that first quarter, the run game domination, you know, Edwards, whether he was hurt or whatever, he just hasn't been the same this year. And for him to bust out not one, 41-yarder, but another 46-yarder, both of them touchdowns. And then, you know, they put up this stat that said, okay, they give up 137 per game rushing, and they're already at 115, and literally two plays later, Corum goes for 59 yards. I think they have three out of the four longest in the 10-year run of the college football playoff because the Bama running back had the longest going in, you know, after the Ed, uh, Edwards. So they have three of the four longest runs. Um, so you get, you know, you got in the first three drives, you had 235 yards and two touchdowns, 17 points. The next three drives were 50 yards, though. And you started to see Washington run blitz fully. They did start to get more pressure. I thought um, a few times they, they had some really good PBUs. Um you know, on the sidelines, or I remember Loveland had a ball up high, looked like he caught it, Duke came in, smacked it away. So they did a pretty good job there. They made the adjustment. And I also thought Michigan wasn't using the play action early in downs until later. Um, And maybe that was because J.J., um, I didn't think he played up to his uh, potential, even though right now there's a ceiling so far on it for sure. Um, like his, his percent is accurate. You know, he's not an accurate thrower percentage wise, as far as completion, sure, but he's not that accurate of a thrower. He has a gun, but sometimes he guns it too much. And I thought that he was, you know, Penix had a, a worse day, no doubt, but, um, he wasn't on his game either. And maybe that's why they kind of got away from it. And I thought they got too run heavy and they weren't even doing some of the runs that were working. Um, they kept, they weren't rolling them out as much, um, and, and they kept going to the left, a fake a fake handoff, or not a fake handoff, but they kept doing the RPO and giving the ball to the running back, and it, it seemed like it was open multiple times. And then finally, near the end, he picked up like a 12-yard run. Obviously, he had that good scramble to get him, you know, to flip the field, which was big. Um, but Penix leading the, the, the uh, FBS and – 
with 45 completions um, of 20-plus, at least 20 yards, air yards, too, not just 20-yard you know, completions, but air yards. Um, and he had one. They had one. And that was pretty crazy. Um, so, you know, a punishing, explosive run game, um, elite defense. I mean, that secondary was elite. Every The whole defense was nasty. The only thing that they messed up were, like, calls, a couple couple blown uh, coverages. That's the only thing. Um, otherwise, they were, they were nasty. And usually they have timely passing, which they did in this one, too. But that's kind of what Michigan's been built on. You're going to run the crap out of the ball. You're going to play great defense. And then you're going to make some plays here and there that are going to be probably big plays. But when you have 200-yard rushers, um, it was nice to see, you know, two touchdowns from both backs, 38 carries, 303 on the ground, eight yards per clip, four touchdowns. I mean, that's the story right there. And when you when you can get Penix Jr. to throw 55 times for 255, five on average, and more picks than touchdowns, I mean, there's not much more to say after that. That that was uh, that was dominant. Although I want to give credit to Washington, like you said, they could have got their heads down and just got steamrolled, but they made those adjustments and they did start to move the ball. They the one thing they started doing, Marshall, like okay, they're not going to give us the deep ball, and our 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 guy's not accurate. Let's get the ball out quick. And so they did get these little eight to fifteen yard pickups, you know. And I thought that was a good adjustment. And it seemed like Michigan was content for a while to allow that to happen and make them work for it and then tighten up in the red zone. Um, so getting it to 17 to 10 was a big deal at the end of the half, but then to throw that pick um, and never really, you know, you had plenty of times. I mean, there was a one, two, three, four, five, six in a row, three possessions each team were, yeah, there was only one three out, three and out in there, um, but they kept, you know, forcing a punt. So it was like, all right, Washington, it's do or die, dude. And they just couldn't get it done. And, you know, they had that turnover on downs and, and obviously, you know, an interception that uh, got returned for a long, long return, 81 freaking yards, and that set up a touchdown. And that was uh, that was a wrap right there. Yeah, that that was definitely a backbreaker. Um, I do think that a lot of times games like these are decided on a handful of plays, and, and I'm not obviously blaming the refs, um, but there was that tough stretch. If you're a Washington fan, where Penix finally did complete, a, I believe it was a, he completed that 38-yard pass, and a Michigan DN had kind of like ran past a Washington tackle, and it either – the guy kind of like Hulk smashed him, but I, I it's, it was kind of weird to see a call because the, the Washington guy stuck out his arm, but the Michigan guy like acted like he'd been shot. So I don't know if he sold it. Maybe the guy did tug him, but it was a call. Well, where yeah, it was like a clothesline on the chest. And you can't yeah. hold a guy. That's holding. That's a so pretty fair call. And I guess they called it, which is fair. But then the, uh, so they punted. And then Michigan, the next drive, had the big play where a Michigan guy is completely grabbing the dude's jersey, and it's not called, and that guy's hand's like an inch away from the ball, and that turns out to be like a 35-yard Michigan pass. So, 
you know, it's just one of those things where like the calls that holding call didn't break your way and the other one did. You know, it's just it, it but it's weird timing. If we're like, hey, it's unfortunate that you didn't get that call because that led to a huge play. And that 35-yard pass up the middle for the Michigan guy led to that drive turning out score. So if they don't call it, who knows? Like, I felt that was kind of like the last time of the game, Chris, where they did get called for that holding, where, like, that kind of was their last big explosive pass of the game. And as you really nicely said – Well, no, that, they didn't have one yet. They got one after that. They got a 44-yard one after that, actually. Oh, Okay, oh, you're right. I I just felt the momentum kind of like left after. Okay, you're right, but that that one that one if that one would have been the ball in Michigan's end, and you would roll me down seven. So right, uh, but you know you could have completed passes left and right. Oh, oh, so oh yeah. For that, they, they were, for it to come down to that, I don't I don't know about that. No, well, I was gonna say though, but you, the one thing you talked about in last week's pod, which I talked about on the show on uh, Herb Street and Fowler talked about too, was. The fact that this Michigan secondary had been tested from like Ohio State last year, a team with like a very similar type of receiving core. And hats off to Michigan's defensive coaching. Like you, you've seen this watching the wide receiver core really kind of dominate all year. And they, they really, for the most part, like McMillan didn't do much. Odunze made a couple of big plays, but they really kept the secondary in check. And the few times they did make mistakes, which does happen in college, uh, Penx couldn't capitalize. So. Um, there were chances there, and there, there was a couple of drops too, which hurt. So it, you're right; it was definitely probably like a a C plus, maybe maybe B minus game for being generous for Washington. So they definitely didn't play the best. But and Michigan, they but that had part, to they, do with you know Michigan. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, Penix missed got, some throws. By the end but, of the game, Penix was literally ducking out of throws and just chucking it, not even trying to complete the pass. Uh, it was kind of funky. They, yeah, they had him rattled, and you've never you've seen him hurt this this year. But again, even when he was hurt, he beat Oregon at home, like, and he sucked it up. Or you know, he he he. That's the first time all year where he was missing throws he'd normally made. So they definitely got in his head. They had him rattled. Um, I will say, uh, I know I've made been a little pro watching here, but I will tip my cap to that wide to the running back. Like people are saying on Twitter, like, dude, can I take whatever pills he took? Because he had a bad foot injury. It seems like the running book Johnson hurt his foot again at the start of the game. He went in the blue tent. He did something. And I don't think dude, it's ever healed the last yeah, month. That, or that, actually that, two months, you know. And, um, and you have to run the ball against one of the best defenses in the country. And, you know, like, you're literally giving it your all. Like, that that dude's probably laid up and better now. That foot's probably elevated or going through. Who knows? But uh, credit. I mean, obviously, I know these guys want to win. That's not even debatable. But. To be a running back with a, a pretty what appears to be a serious foot injury and you suck it up like that's the stuff that's the reason why you love watching sports or that's why people play sports like you you do all you can to help your team win and that dude definitely put in the full effort because he 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 was actually on the ball an okay clip there when he came back from whatever injury he had so yeah um hey tip of the cap to Michigan you knocked off Bama you knocked off Washington like you beat Ohio State uh, I'm not really getting credit the Iowa win because Iowa's been Iowa this year but. Hey, you you finish your year for the crazy as it was, and the 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 coaching drama you had, um, you, you ran the ball while you played solid defense, like you said before the show. Sometimes you just need a run game and a solid defense, and magical things can happen. I know football, Chris, really has become such a huge passing game, <laughs> but this kind this Michigan title run really does show you that hey. I know really that NFL and college football really has become, hey, let's four wide, five wide, let's throw the ball 35 times a game. 
it can still get done. If you have a solid ground game, like it, it keeps the ball in your hands. It's probably a lower risk of turnovers. You wear the defense down. Like it's still going to show that, hey, if you have a dominant ground game and a, and a solid running back and a guy who kind of is like a, a second guy, kind of like an Edwards, kind of like a, a, a flare guy, like a, a, a wildcat guy, like it can still be effective ways to win a championship. Because if you look back at Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama and teams who've been kind of in the in Georgia, in the, I don't know Georgia runs okay, but a lot of these like Bama and Clemson games were like quarterbacks who were going to throw for three, 400 yards. Michigan's guys, you said McCarthy didn't have a great game, but you ran the ball for 300 plus. Your defense um, didn't really make any big mistakes. Like it is a little more of an old school football, but hey, hats off to them, man. Like that was again a little bit different, but still a very impressive victory for the two games they played over the last uh, 13 days, my friend. Well, two years ago, Georgia definitely ran the ball a lot. Or their, I'm sorry, three years ago, their first championship. When they when that quarterback wasn't fully developed, the next year then he was developed. You saw him throwing a lot more, but the first year they were still a run first offense that had a great tight end and all that. The first, uh, let's not forget Ohio State had Ezekiel. You know what I mean? So I mean they ran the crap out of the ball too. And three out of the first Bama um, under Saban uh, titles were run first game managers. Then that didn't work because a couple of uh, SEC teams adjusted, and they they found out we got to pass now. We got to pass like crazy, and now it's like maybe they should go back to run it a little bit more because that's what Ohio State looks like they're going to do. But like you said, they were literally they literally they used some of that Ravens professional football team defense, and they literally built a team to True. stop Day's passing attack. And so I did get a couple messages saying, hey, you know, first of all, I said every year's a little different, you know, when I sure. was talking about that. However, when you have four out of your five cornerbacks back, it's it's not all that different, actually, you know. And they have a lot of guys back on that defense. So it's, it's really not – they got to play a better quarterback. That's the only difference. I love me some Penix, but I don't think he'll blow up like, oh, boy, is this year. Um, and maybe he will. Uh, you know, I love watching Pettis. Hey, tip the cap the if he does. Right. Uh, I've loved watching him since Indiana. Um, but, you know, when you have the key guys back and you have so much depth in that room, and, depth, and like I said, you don't – they weren't blitzing for a, quite a while. So to be able to get that kind of pressure with four guys – Two big meat and potato guys on the on the on the inside that can move. It, I mean, they they literally were. That's why I like the matchup so much because they literally built themselves to do that. Um, whereas, you know, I was a little more worried about the Bama game because it was like them. <laughs> they were looking in the mirror, you know, in a sense. Um, True. But when you also and then we talked about efficiency, and neither side was efficient on on third down. Oh, it was awful. Yes. But Full size for the bad. year, okay, for the year, 15 games, the Michigan offense turned it over five times. And four of them, because there was three picks, four of them were against Bowling Green. <laughs> you can, so I don't feel too bad about two years losing to Bowling Green. 
although we did get it back at the balls and we're okay. But it is crazy like that. That's kind of the efficiency I was talking about where they don't kill themselves. They're, they, they're smart. They just, they just, they just keep moving the chains. And if not, they'll play defense. Like it's, uh, you know, and another thing about Michigan, they still are a development program because they literally on this team only have five stars on the roster. They only had in the last four years, they've only had one team inside the top 10 for recruiting class or one, one class, not one team. And that's pretty crazy. You know, that's really crazy because for years you had to be basically in the top five, you know, or you were pretty much fucked. And, and not just that, but we, we've talked about it, how the transfer portal and the NIL, although, there's going to be some tweaks in the coming years. And a lot of old-timers or my age and older uh, don't like it. It's like, well, you know, you could make an argument it wasn't fair for them to stash all the talent, right? But that's how it was. That's just how it was. We still enjoyed those games. Everything's great, right? But now it's different. And so is it fair? Well, it's a lot more fair, but – I could see how, well, they just paid this person. Okay, cool. But a lot of people got paid and it didn't work out for them. And it, and it, and it didn't go as well as they thought. So I, either way you could say, well, that's not fair. But the thing is, it wasn't fair for so long when it was like the top two teams out of the four, you know, at, at max it was top three and then a big drop-off. Most time it was two teams in a fairly big drop-off. And we saw that semifinal after semifinal, after semifinal, at least one of the games is a blowout. Sometimes both of them. Uh, I do remember that Oklahoma George game was nuts and all that. But my point is, we are. I heard Joe Klatt say this: we're we're entering a golden one of the golden eras, and I do agree with him because teams are not as deep as they used to be, nor as talented. Um, but like a handful of teams. So I, it's it's going to be fun to watch this thing taking place. I did see multiple SEC media members trying to cheapen the, the championship because, oh, this wasn't Clemson and Alabama or whatever. Um, and one of them literally said, but the dude was, was from Georgia, but he oh. said they didn't want to see Georgia, though. And he said, I think they'd piss down their leg if they had to play Georgia. It's like, okay, dude. So if, if they were such a nasty team, why didn't they fucking win? Why didn't they just beat Bama? I mean, mm-hmm. this wasn't the best Bama team we've ever seen. That's for no. sure. So, you know, it, it, it gets a little wild, but I get it. They have been dominating for so long. So, it, you know, I'm sure it hurts them or whatever, but it's like, wow, you know, Um I do want to remember, I did get a message about Kirby Smart going head up against Saban and how that applies. Remember we talked about Day a while ago, you know, talking it through. And and I will say this, the Harbaugh thing, you know, for a while it wasn't working to beat Ohio State. And then after the COVID year, these last three years, they're like 40 and three or some shit like that, like, I got to give credit to Michigan in general for keeping Harbaugh because nowadays it's so easy to knee jerk and it wasn't going good, dude. 
It was not True. going that great. Now they got some ten win seasons. I'm not saying you could see it. Be, it was in better shape than it than it was left. That's I mean when he took over it was five and seven, and they had had some mediocre. I mean shit, even the Gophers beat them. But um, you know in the in the now 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 what have you done for me lately type shit that we live in. And I'm not saying give day ten more years, but I'm saying like, you know, like, you know, Harbaugh was struggling, and then he got over the hump, and he took it all the way to the national championship. So I, I think we can't lose sight of that. They they did keep him. They didn't knee jerk Marshall. And, you know, kudos to uh, the president and all that athletic director because a lot of times, you know, I brought Harbaugh to do this. And, He's not doing that. Okay, just, just give it some time. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, hell, I was literally the guy in the show that said, you know, I'm not saying that guy to be fired, but Ryan Day, I bet his leash is getting shorter. And with that said, now that Boy, they, they just tightened up that leash, too, off of this. Yeah. You know, no doubt about it. Uh-huh. No now that Michigan won that title, look yeah. At their quarterback. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, next year a little bit, but. They're looking like they want to run pass option, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's very true. Um, yeah, hey, I guess my last point to wrap up this year is, hey, overall, this is probably the uh, best year the Pac-12 has had since it's been a minute. And now the Pac-12's gone. Well, re- re- relatively gone. The teams who are there are no longer going to be there for next year anyway. So it, it was kind of weird that you literally had the best. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for around 10 years, and it's probably the best year from top to bottom the, big, the Pac-12 has had since we've started this podcast. Now uh, it is definitely going to change. And uh, next year for college football and college basketball, be prepared for different teams and different uh, conferences, as, which, you know, that's just going to – it's going to look different. But – um, we're, we're, we're putting a cap on this year, but next year, um, even though it's a long ass ways away, like that week zero in September, it's going to take a minute, but the amount of fun I think we'll have on next year's college football podcast is going to be epic because, uh, dude, the, the magical 12, whatever you want, hell you want to call it. I've been saying that jokingly, but the next year's college football playoff to see, to see division one high level college football teams host home playoff games is is gonna be one of the coolest for moments of my whole life. Maybe I'll try to go to one, but I, I just I'm I'm trying to envision what how much fun it's gonna be. Um obviously people love March Madness for the event that it is. Obviously it's a lot smaller numbers, but next year's college football man is gonna be a wild ride that I cannot wait to break down. But that's not there yet. So uh this year was a fun year. I enjoyed this year. I thought it gave us a little bit of everything. And it honestly the last three games of the year were fun. We don't always get three good games to finish the year. And we had three like decent Pretty good game. So, uh, Chris, this this was a fun one, and I think next year is going to be just wild and crazy, brother. Yeah, I mean, two out of the three were really good. This one was True. at least the fourth quarter game. Um, yeah. You know, one score, fourth quarter game. So, I mean, it was good, but, yeah, it it, it, uh, it wasn't as exciting as some of those other games, obviously. And, you know, like I said, Georgia seems like they may be the team to beat. They're bringing back – you know, a lot of talent. Um, they're you know, the quarterback who had a damn good year. They are the betting favorite heading into 24, 25. 
and just kind of catching up on the playoff teams that did make it this year. Michigan, you know, will Harbaugh be back? Will J.J. be back? I think J.J. should stay personally. I think he'd get a big-ass NIL, and he needs the work. Uh, The defense will still be great, though, um, because they're not going to lose that much. They're going to lose some, of course. They lose some every year and all that. They're going to lose a lot of talent this year, but that defense has still got some of the best players on it. For Washington, you know, Penick's gone. Uh, They did bring in Will Rogers, who had a lot of success, you know, under Leach. A lot of 30-plus touchdowns, uh, you know, two and three years ago. Got banged up this year. So um, I'm not going to say that's a plug-and-play, but I I think they'll be able to move the ball with them. And, and, you know, they already – we know one's gone. Are all three gone? And obviously they have four wide receivers. I think one's coming back, the, the fourth one. But will all three leave, or will it be two out of three? That'll be something to look at. Bama, they should be better. Obviously the continued growth of Milroy, we saw him grow this year. Assuming he'll grow next year, that'll be you know something to look at. In Texas, does Ewers return or transfer or go to the NFL? Because we know Manning's, you know, Manning's in the fold, so – does he end up transferring? You know what I mean? That might be. You never know. Um, and then, you know, you can look at, like, Ohio State. Here's the – when I'm looking – we're looking at that 12 stuff, right? You look at Ohio State, Oregon, Old Miss, Penn State, Mizzou, Zona. Utah will be healthier this year with their eight-year quarterback or whatever. Clemson looked better. Uh, Boise State got Mackay. Uh, was it Mackay Nelson or Mackay? The dude from USC, actually, used to be a five-star quarterback. They got him. Liberty's quarterback did come back. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, Ohio State, I thought, got like a, a better quality. Um, you know, for me, that's a, he's a better college football player at this point. Um, and then they just got actually, you know, you can't get too mad here, Marshall, because Old Miss has been killing it in a transfer quarter, but their their best or second best running back did go to Ohio State. I think they're going to be better because they finally have a legit defense, and if they can get that run game going more in the run pass, I think that'll be interesting. Um, so I think they're I think they're going to be damn good. I think Oregon's O-line is returning a lot. Um, they also got Gabriel from Oklahoma. And then they got that five-star kid Moore from UCLA who's still really young and didn't really look all that good this year, that's for sure. But uh, they got two quarterbacks, so one for next year, one for the future. Like I said, Ole Miss. Ole Miss was already talented, but they are just killing the freaking transfer portal. Penn State will be all about their offense because they got a nasty defense. You know, I look at that Arizona and Utah, I mean – they got a good shot at winning the Big 12, dude. I really think that. Um, will UFC be able to find an average defense? If so, they can move the ball. We'll know that. Can you know? We talked about Mizzou. Can they continue to build? Um, Clemson. Will they take that next step and get back in the playoff contention? I think they'll make the playoffs next year. Uh, you know, being that it's going to be 11 power schools. Um, so yeah, I mean we're. Dude, it, it's deep, dude. It's pretty, I think people are kind of losing it right now off this Florida State thing. 
um, where you're like, dude, I hear you, but, you know, there, a lot of people, dude, I should say a lot, but multiple people messaged me saying Florida State could beat Michigan back, you know, a month ago. It's just like, dude, what are we doing here? Dude? Like, They weren't the same team without their stud. It is what it is, man. It sucks. It does suck, but it's not the first time shit sucked. You know what I mean? The college football. Yeah, true. Again, I and again, look, look at the future because the future is bright. The future is very, very bright for college football. So I'm, I'm going to finish on note of happiness because I cannot wait for whatever that uh, that playoff gives us next year because that's going to be epic and very enjoyable. And yeah. They, I, I, I bet a lot. I, I bet a good chunk of money. I bet the team that wins the town next year is from the SEC. And, you know, them boys, I don't care if you're a Georgia Bama fan. I, I'm sure those SEC fans in general, they, they, they don't like that a Big Ten team's got that ring. So I, I'd be surprised next year if you don't got an SEC team in the final game or if they're not uh, head-to-head in the final game. We'll see. I bought that, stock in Clemson like uh, old boy told us to. you got to buy stock now. So I bought stock. I bought stock. I listened to the guy. He's not taking any transfers, but I bought stock in him. Um, real quick though, that 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 Kirby Smart. Um, someone was trying to make a point, which I see where they were going with. Um, but it's not the same as Day because obviously Kirby Smart won two championships, so that that's it. But they did make an interesting point. You know, we know Day like Harbaugh said, was born on third base, right? Obviously, because, you know, Urban already had that thing going. They had one and shift. Sure. Do another one. But I'll say this. Kirby Smart, you know, Mark Rich was like a batted pass away in the SEC championship for probably winning it. And they had a lot of talent, but they couldn't get over the hump. And so that's why they brought Kirby, right? So Kirby was born on second base, with like a Ricky Henderson leadoff, I'll say that, okay? Which is like half the damn between second and third, okay? So he was he wasn't born on third because they didn't win a chip at the time, but he like I said, Ricky Henderson was on second base, so he's going home. But um, but it is kind of interesting because when you look at head up against Saban, like Urban Meyer has a better record, that's for sure. But when he, he, they played. Well, they haven't played ever, actually, but it's kind of weird because they didn't have to play every year, you know, like Michigan, Ohio, so Ohio State. So I get what he was trying to say, but but I did kind of break it down. So in 2016, Kirby's first year, they didn't have to play. 2017, um, they did in the regular season, they didn't have to play. They lost that overtime game in the title game, which was crazy. Um, 2000, no regular season. In the 2018, but they they played him. They played Bama and lost to him in the SEC title. Didn't play him in the 2019. Lost to him in 2020, pretty handedly. Then they lost in 2021. They lost to Bama. Remember during uh, the SEC, but then beat him for a national championship. Then didn't have to play last year, and then they got beat this year. So he is one in five against the Saban. Um, the thing is. The one was for a natty, and he has two natties. So obviously this guy, and I'm not trying to say this, this, the day and Kurt, like they were lining him up like they're the same coach, 
But he was making a point, which I understood that is true, some of that stuff. But I wanted to kind of break it down. It is true. He's only one of five against Saban. But I don't. no one's going to have a winning record against Saban. You know what I mean? Um, true. If you're in the SEC together. But, um, but yeah, I, I still, you know, Day did for one. People kind of forgot. But he did make it to a championship game. They lost. Um, but but he did make it there. Um, it's not like they're only winning; they're nine and three or something like that. Um, and then last year, I said it. I think this is the third time this year uh, on the pod. Like, you know, to be fair, if Harrison plays that fourth quarter, Georgia couldn't stop him, and they still only lost by one. So they were they were right on. The, they lost. They got to a final, and then they lost to the to the champions by one point without their best player in the fourth quarter. So that's why I would stick with Dave for a little bit here. Um, I wouldn't just fire him from this year. I think that's All right, I I got all that. I wanted to answer the messages and stuff. So thanks for messaging and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Hey, we will always appreciate the messages and the calls for sure, for sure. Um, but hey, and now, as you just said, to start off the show, uh, the number one and two mm-hmm. seeds, uh, went down in college basketball today. So dude, this, and I literally, I, I texted my buddies, I said, today's probably the best day of college basketball for the whole year so far. Cause I looked at all the matchups and, uh, I wish I, I mean, I'm happy I coached tonight cause I got a win, but the, the scores I checked when I was coming home, man, what a night of college basketball. Yeah. And, I, I, I mean, and again, you have that thing where if you want to say, hey, would you rather pick like two, two, like three teams or like, or I, I should say yeah, three or four the teams or the, or the field. Right. And I think that like, now there's some good teams this year. Like you got Arizona, you got Kansas, you got Purdue, but dude, this is a top to bottom, a pretty fun wide open year. And we uh-huh. got two months to really figure it out. But this, this year of college basketball, Whew, it's looking fun. And next year, just like with football, next year the Big 12, oh, my God, in basketball. You're going to have Arizona, Kansas, Houston. And, and I mean, Gonzaga and UConn are still rumored to be they're in negotiations for the sounds of them. God. They add those two squads, Marshall. You and know, it's already dude, funny to see, like, oh, that's right. Because, you know, you had to get used to it this year. Like seeing BYU face someone or whatever, yeah. you know, or Houston. Yeah. Even well, BYU tonight, played like, oh, Baylor shit, tonight. That's right. Yeah. It's like you're like, oh, shit, that's right. I forgot, you know. It's like it, it, you almost got to get used to it. But, yeah, dude, the Big oh, yeah, 12. Ba- Baylor, the last Baylor the team that won a national. One. Baylor, the team that won a national title. See, so, yeah, Baylor, right. KU, who won a national. Fucking national title gets my heels that year. Oh, it would be Duke anyways. But, there, yeah, next I year, mean, it's been deep. The yeah, last two years, and yeah, and then you're gonna, gonna and you're gonna add Arizona. Like, oh man, dude, next again, and the 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 Big Ten's gonna add UCLA and USC. Like, those are you know, it's oh, oh, next year's gonna be something. So we, as Chris said, um, with my schedule, we'll be back next Monday, and we get to start enjoying breaking down college basketball. Um, same type of show format. We'll we'll uh, make uh, we'll recap the week. We'll make predictions. We will have a crafty crappy pick of the week. Um, it's not quite the same as college football, but it is still enjoyable. And I want some blood. We need, we need, I want to have a positive year of college, college basketball because we, uh, in college football this year, we went five and seven. That's the first down year we've had, um, in the past We're seven years. We're hitting that transfer portal though, dude. 
We're hitting that transfer we are. hard. We are. So um, thanks for the listens. We appreciate it. Hey, like Chris said, ask, ask questions. It's fun to have that debate back and forth. That's what makes sport podcasts popular the way they are. So we appreciate y'all. We love the sport. College football's done. College basketball's here. I'll be in Memphis in two months for my college basketball trip, and I can't wait for that. Nice. The boys are out. Have a good night. Peace.